Street. Blog Talk Radio. There we go. simply a continuation of something that I started a long time ago. One day you might look up and see me playing the game at 50. Oh, don't laugh. Don't that. Never say never. Because limits, like fears, are often just an illusion. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to The Collective, where your barbershop debates about sports, music, and movies meet internet radio. I'm your host, Martin Sores. I'm joined by my, my co-host, Lawrence Reels, L. Reels, the skinny jean wearer. I got Jay Reels here, Jay Aura, J.R. the Don in the building, and then I got T. Hill, Mr. Tommy Hill, Mr. Thrill Hill. Now up in here. Before we get started, we want to shout out Wild Talk Radio and uh and the Keys one oh seven for sponsoring the collective. Um, the Keys one oh seven. Their motto is opening the doors for endless possibilities. And this show is um is a direct result of of that statement. 
Um, this show surrounds and expands the content shown on three existing blogs. That's basketballfeed.blogspot.com, whatwehear.blogspot.com, and televisioncinema.blogspot.com. And you can see those links in the episode description um, shown on our website. <clears throat> now, to start off our discussion for today, this is week two, episode two of The Collective. Um, we are all glad to be here. I'm glad that we're back here. Um, we had a pretty good, we had a pretty good discussion last week about Michael Jordan and and um, and some other things that we talked about in the last week. And allow me to start by explaining the clip that started our show. As I said, we did talk about Michael Jordan last week, but we may have we we missed something pretty important. In fact, we missed two or three things that were pretty important for that topic. Number one, Michael's one-on-one game with Michael Kidd Gilchrist that happened. You guys heard about that, the, uh, the, the, in which Michael won and beat Michael Kidd Gilchrist, the, the kid from Kentucky that plays for the Charlotte Bobcats. Um, Michael beat him one-on-one, and that kind of brought back to life the whole conversation about Michael Jordan coming back at 50. And so after that happened, Tim Grover, um, Michael's longtime trainer in Chicago, um, he trains other guys, um, other Chicago athletes. Uh, Tommy is actually reading his book right now. Um, Michael's longtime trainer has since made a statement since the one-on-one game that he feels that if Michael can win that one-on-one game, that not only could Michael come back, but he could come back and average 20 points a game. That was his quote. He said Michael could still average 20 points a game. And not even that, but Tim Grover has supposedly put together the training program for Michael to come back at 50 years old and to get back to his playing weight, as he said he's, he's trying to do. Which brings me back to the clip that we just played. If you haven't heard or seen, that clip came from Michael Jordan's Hall of Fame speech two years ago. As it turns out, I was there. I was I was sitting three rows behind Pat Riley and his greasy hair. Um, and it, it kind of sparked the discussion, right, about Michael coming back at 50 years old. And to kind of finalize this whole discussion on Michael, um, like I said, I thought we kind of missed that point last week because the Hall of Fame speech was really what started the whole discussion about a possible comeback at 50. And when Michael said that, he was 48 at the time. So call it foreshadowing or whatever, but that's kind of what initially started the discussion. I will say, and this is probably my last point on this, when Michael said that, when he said, you might look up and see me playing in the NBA, 50 years old, everybody laughed as if it was a joke, and then real quickly he looks up and says, don't laugh, <laughs> don't laugh. And, re- and I will tell you, I was, I, I was there. When he said to stop laughing, there was, there was a wave of goosebumps throughout the entire room. And not only did everyone stop laughing, but there was, there was almost like a nervous energy in the room. It was like, well, is he, re- he going to come back? Is he, are we... Are we you know, are we playing with fate here? What's going on? 
So that starts the discussion about Michael's comeback, and um, I kind of I, I wanted to touch on that because I felt like we we kind of missed that point um, um, last week because that's that's really what started the discussion, right? Um, so to kind of wrap up the whole Michael Jordan discussion. Tommy, get, tell me what you what you think about it. Well, first of all, did, tell me if you think did, did Michael have any motive to come back? Do you think do you think this is this is something that could really happen given all the information that we have? Go ahead, Jay. Tell us what you think about Mike coming back. Um, competitively, he is the the master as far as like being the most competitive person um, athlete ever. So, realistically, at 50 years old, you know, Father Time is is undefeated. He it, it's but in our in our time of technology and and keeping people younger, longer, uh, it's possible. And if there's anyone out there that would put in the work to do that, it would probably be Michael Jordan. Now, how effective he could be is is still up for debate. Um, there, there will be a level of respect from other players and referees towards him, which could cause some nervousness, which could lead to him taking advantage of some people. But for the most part, um, Michael Jordan could come back at 50 and be somewhat of an effective player. I, I My problem with it is is that his legacy is already is already sealed. His, he's, he left his print on sports and the game of basketball, period. And for him to come back and add another chapter – if it goes wrong, then I think that taints his legacy a, 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 a tad bit. So for me personally, I would rather not see him come back. Would it be fun? Absolutely. But I would rather him just fall back. <laughs> and, 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 and exactly. And, and, and not, and not do too much. I think the wizards was, oh, when he came back the second time, I thought that was okay. But I felt like he was doing too much then, and at 50 years old to come back, I think he would be doing too much now. Um, but if he decides that he wants to do it, then you know the NBA will be very happy. Obviously, David Stern will be very happy. Who, whatever franchise he plays on, is going to be ecstatic because of the amount of tension he's going to get, and he's going to sell out every city that he's in. So for the NBA would be great. Um, he does. He's not doing it for the money. He doesn't need any more money. 
So um, I like that his intentions are pure, that he wants to come back purely to play basketball again and to compete again. And um, it is uh, something to think about. Um, I'm, I'm remaining pessimistic on it actually happening, but uh, he could he could he could change the game again very quickly. So it would be interesting to see. Okay, Tom, do you want to go back to Tommy real quick? There's some issues with his mic, but you you want to see this happen, Tommy? Me now? Uh, yeah, um, I was talking to uh, Martin earlier about this this uh, this exact topic at the beginning of this week, earlier this week, and um, my whole issue with it is, I think, like, what is he, what's his whole motive of having like trying to come back? Like, what does he have to prove? His job right now is uh, is as a GM, and the Bobcats are looking like the worst team in the East. Outside of my Philadelphia 76ers, but <laughs> that's a little bad thing to admit. But with that being said, his job is is to develop this team. So him coming back would that be? It's actually another question that 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 comes out of this. For him to come back, would that be to benefit these young guys like uh, Mike Kick, Bill Chris, and uh, these young players to help them out as a player? Is that his only way of of teaching this young team and making them better, or is he coming back just just because, because he's Mike. Because I think, I think if he did it just because he's Mike, that that would be to the detriment of the game. Because it's not, he has nothing to prove. Like, what, what does he really have to prove? That that would be my whole take on it. Uh, you know, yeah, it's 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 tough because right, we're talking about a guy who made a living out of proving people wrong, right? I mean, all the way from the 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 JV not making the varsity team and, and having to play JV his, his, his freshman, sophomore year, uh, or rather his freshman year, I think he made the varsity team his sophomore year. Um, but, you know, all the way from that up until people saying he couldn't play baseball and, and, and then saying he couldn't come back and, and win another championship. Uh, when we're talking about Michael Jordan, it's, it's it, I don't know if it's as much about, well, maybe it is, maybe it is proving to himself and others. Um, Skip Bayless on ESPN touched on the fact that his his new fiance, his new completely gorgeous fiance or, or fiance, hasn't seen him play basketball, professional basketball live. Um, I don't know if that serves any real motive for Michael. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's if if that's real motive or not. But um, if you're talking about Michael and motive. Like I said, you're talking about someone who has made a killing and and based his career off of proving people wrong and maybe sometimes proving himself wrong. And in this case, maybe maybe it's it's an inner battle with himself. He's talked he's talked about walking away from the game and trying to find inner peace. And I, I do agree with Tommy. I think he needs to find a better way to impact the game other than to just try and make another comeback. Although. I do think, as I said last week, if he were to come back, he would find himself strangely effective, probably the same way he beat Michael Kidd-Gilchrist playing one-on-one, and that's back to the basket, 
I don't know if I don't know if Tim Grover's twenty points a game contention is, is I don't know if that's fair or not, but I, I do think I do think with his back to the basket at fifty years old, I do I do give Michael ten to fifteen points a game. I think he gets to the free throw line a few times. I think he goes to his patented turnaround jump shot a couple more times. I mean, as I told you earlier this week, I am not going to be the one to put it past him. I refuse to be the one. That's good stuff. I guess we can we can wrap up the uh the Michael Jordan discussion. Um you know, it's 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 tough. It's tough messing with perfection. It is. And uh and people like us and, and, and sports analysts um are forced to talk about this, right? Because um not only is it relevant but we're talking about Michael Jordan and anything having to do with Michael Jordan is worth talking about. Um so let's switch gears real quick. Hollywood, Los Angeles, and um, I'm reluctant to make this a topic on this show because my Lakers have been a terrible soap opera from the beginning of this season. And if I can just kind of give a brief recap of as to how we fell into this this dark pit, um, and we have to start off by by extending condolences to the to the Buss family and, and you know, Jerry Buss's legacy is, is unprecedented. But when we're talking about the Buss legacy, the, the the very first mistake the Lakers made this season was allowing Jim Buss to make the call. Jim Buss is going through a serious ego crisis and and it manifested itself in the Mike D'Antoni hire because as we all know, Phil Jackson is dating his sister-in-law, Jeannie Buss. And whether that's a factor or not, we don't really know, but we can speculate. And I speculate that Jim Buss said to himself, you know what, I'm going to start my own Buss legacy. I'm, I'm going to start my own timeline, and I'm going to go with, with the guy that, that I think is going to take us. I'm not going to go back to Phil. I'm not going to do it my dad's way. I'm going I'm to start my own path. And the path is leading to nowhere right now. So I want to talk about Phil Jackson. And he did his and he did the interview with Sports Illustrated this past week and he talked about his his role in the NBA, about coming back, what he would want to do if he did come back. He talked about the Lakers, he talked about Dwight and the Lakers use of Dwight. And his comments were I mean, they were very Phil. Um I don't know if you guys saw them. Um, but he, I mean, he, you know, he really took the time to unpack um, what the Lakers were doing. And his, his main premise was that 
Dwight Howard is not being used right, and he hasn't been he hasn't been used right from the beginning. And from from the way it sounds, it sounds like he was ready to coach Dwight. Um, obviously, he didn't get that chance. So Jay, I want to go to you. I want to ask, do you, do you think, think that, that Phil Jackson, Jackson with, with this group would have? have do, you think, do, you think, do you think? Do you think, for instance, do you think, do you think our Lakers would be in the playoffs now if they had, if they had hired Phil Jackson from the beginning? Um, that's a that's a that's a difficult question because I I don't know with this group that it's necessarily the coaching. Um, mm. You could argue that because there's so much talent on the team that you could say, oh, you could throw anybody as the coach and they should be able to win ball games because they have superior talent to compared to a lot of the other teams. Um, knowing what I know about Phil Jackson, I would say, yeah, they would be in the playoffs right now. I wouldn't say they would be a top-four seed if they would have gotten, that Phil, gotten Phil Jackson at the point that they hired Antony, but um, I, I think it's hard to, to to say that they wouldn't have won a few more games and possibly be in that seventh or eighth spot right now with Phil. Um, just like any new coach that comes in, players who are unfamiliar with his system, it's going to take a little while to adjust. And even though Phil's arguably the greatest basketball coach ever, it, it would still be a transition period. And it would still take Dwight, who's never played in a triangle offense. Um, Steve Nash, who's never played in a triangle offense. Even guys like Earl Clark, Jody Meeks, you know, some of the guys that come off the bench. It would would take those guys some time to adjust to Phil's system, which is not extremely complicated, but it does take some getting used to um, as far as being in the right position, having the right spacing, um, and and things of that nature. but I, if I if I had to to say yes or yes. no, I would I would go yes, um, um, purely off the fact that Phil Jackson is a basketball mind, and he possibly could have been the difference in some of those closer games that they that they've lost this year. Um, so and obviously his 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 relationship with Kobe, possibly Kobe would have been in a better place earlier if Phil was the coach. Um, instead of Kobe also having to adjust to Mike, so it's a uh, it's it's interesting to think about, um, but you know the Lakers are are it's it's their roster and the effort that they're putting out every night, which is the glaring issue with them. Right. So to automatically put something on a coach. Um, is is difficult. Um, but what about you, Tommy? Are you, are you with Phil Jackson on this? I watched this guy get um. You know, basically, he lost the team in New York. Guys, guys, he's not he's not a he's not a leader of men. He's a great coach. He's a great. He knows his offense. 
but he is not a leader of men. And the biggest issue with the Lakers I've seen this entire season is, is Dwight Howard running around like the Jolly Green Giant, smiling on his face, headband. Like, this guy is the biggest freak of nature in the NBA, and he has the mindset of, of, of a rookie, you know. And it took and it took till for the passing of um, the Dr. Buss for him to come out and play with passion and and an effort that hasn't been there the entire season, you know, um, with Kobe Bryant at the stage that he's in in his career, he's not he he doesn't have time for to to mold a guy like Dwight Howard and 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 wait for him to to realize his full potential. He's trying to win now and with a coach like Phil Jackson. He takes Dwight aside from from day one and tells him tells him what it is. You know what I'm saying? He, he lets him know that this is you're wearing the purple and gold for a reason. And you know, with with a guy like Dan Tony, he's just he's not the guy to bring that out of his team. And I think it has a lot to do with the head coach. So I would I would agree to disagree with what Jay said about how they wouldn't be a top four seed. I actually think they would be a top four seed because if you look at their roster. You got the the best closer in the game still with the most dominant center. The team they got guys like Pearl Clark coming in contributing, Steve Nash even at his stage of his career. This will be a top. This should have been a top four seed from jump. So I think Bill Jackson would have made a big difference. Okay, so our our okay, so switch your ears to Kobe's recent remarks. Are, are, are either of you ready to agree with Kobe's recent comments? That and I looked at the the manuscript of his quote yesterday, and you know I don't really have time to talk about where Kobe has gone in terms of his social life this season, which I really don't agree with. Um, he's on Twitter. He's, Galvanizing around on the internet, I, I don't know what he's doing. But the comments that Kobe made about the Lakers making the playoffs, um, very Kobe, but also very shocking and probably very wrong. Kobe says, "Are we going to make the playoffs?" I question. I question of if we make the playoffs. And then he says, "Well, and, and again, this is Kobe we're talking about, so we don't really expect anything else." But he says, "You know." Oklahoma City, San Antonio, whoever it is, he has no fear of who they play. Now, Kobe may not have anything to fear, but the Lakers have plenty to fear. So, is anyone here ready to write off the Lakers as, sure, they're in. Come April, they'll be in the playoffs. Go to Jay. Um, yeah, I don't think there's – I don't think there's – a chance that they don't make the playoffs. Um, it, the way they're putting things together right now and knowing how Kobe will drive this team to at least get into the playoffs, I think I think they will make the playoffs. Now, his, his comments about not being afraid or, or nervous about seeing some of the better teams in the West early on is solely his opinion. That is that can't, that's not the pulse of the whole team, and that's just Kobe Bryant being Kobe Bryant. He right. he he's he's never gonna ever ever say that his team can't perform in in big moments 
and that's mostly him saying, I know I will perform well in big moments, which translates to his team winning in his mind. So I, I think they definitely make the playoffs. Uh, I, I know the teams ahead of them are playing good basketball right now, but I think they will put a streak together. Um, they have a nice little home stand coming up where they have a lot of games at home. And if they can if they can come out every night with the same type of effort that they've shown the last few nights, um, I think I think there's no doubt that this team can make the playoffs and and be a scary team. I don't know if you want to see Kobe Bryant and the Lakers in the first round. Uh, they'll 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 be the scariest seventh or eighth seed in the West since <laughs> since those Golden State Warriors teams back in the day with with uh, with Baron Davis and, yeah. and those killers. So. Uh, I, I, I personally think there's no chance that they don't make the playoffs. I think I think Kobe Bryant will get them to the playoffs for sure. It's it's interesting, isn't it? How that's become the dynamic now. It's it's become no one wants to see the Lakers as opposed to no one wants to see the Mavericks or, or some other team. They they become the the superior underdog, I guess you could say. Um, and I'm, I'm impressed with I'm impressed with our Lakers for what we've done this week. Um, the Boston win was important, given Dr. Buck's passing, and given the fact that we just need wins. Um, I thought our win last night was impressive, also because we 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 can't seem to put together a a real consecutive streak of wins and and good basketball. So beating Portland last night at home was important, and I think Kobe's comments to Jason's point are important for the team because when, when the other guys were asked about Kobe's comments, none of them were ready to really get in and sell out as much as Kobe was willing to. And, again, it's Kobe, as we know. So Dwight gets political and says, well, you know, I'm not going to say we're not going to make the playoffs and, you know, just be real political and, and just childish. And Steve Nash... Just doesn't go all the way there, there to agree with Kobe, but he speaks on the fact that it's that it's great that their best player has that much confidence in them. So I think his comments may have manifested in, like you said, their effort. You you see the difference in effort when you watch the Lakers. Defensive rotations, rebounding the basket. I mean, when you watch that, you can see it in a team when they're engaged and they're and they're and they have that energy to start off. And they've had that these last few games. I'm. I'm still skeptical. I, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm still not comfortable with saying that the Lakers will definitely be in the playoffs for two reasons. One, I don't want them to make the playoffs because even though, even though I would love to see us win as an underdog and you know really have to fight our way back to the top. I'm. I'm I'm, I'm, I don't want to spare, spare myself the energy and the torment of watching us just get run up and down against Oklahoma City or the Clippers or San Antonio. Seven-game series. Do I trust Kobe? Of course. Do I trust Dwight? Definitely not there yet. And like I said, we're at Dallas tomorrow. I think that's important for us to get that, to get some road wins. So we're at Dallas tomorrow. That's on ABC. Uh, I think we go. I think we're back to that. We go Monday too. So, 
We've got to get together a really good stretch here. We're chasing Houston. I mean, what, we're three and a half games back. We would be one and a half games back if James Harden didn't go nuts on his old team last week. Dropped 46 in Oklahoma City, and then they turn around and win last. I don't know where they were last night, but I know they were at Brooklyn.
at the bench is very suspect, but that's where the coach is going to have to to monitor things. And basically, it's like damage control when they're in the game. Like, make sure things don't get out of hand. Try to sustain the same energy level. And, and, and those are things that NBA coaches have to be excellent with. I mean, if you look at the Indiana Pacers out in the East, they have one of the best benches in the league, and the and and these guys these guys aren't marquee names. These aren't even old superstars that are coming off the bench. These these are Lance Stevenson's who are developing into good players, but their coach is using them right, and 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 therefore he's being effective now. So it, it, it's more so the Antonio using these pieces in the right way than these guys just being not very good players. If, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean, Twigs? I, I understand, absolutely. Uh, thank you for your uh, rebuttal to my comment, Mr. Brios. But just to figure out that uh, two things. One, I don't believe they were ever going to be good since they let go of Trevor Reza. I think he was their key to mm. become a, a longer team. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah. But a big thing I, I uh, heard from Charles Barkley calls oh. is that he said that some of these guys need to stay in school. And Dwight Howard, I mean, for, for what it's worth, he's, he's not that good a guy. He's just not bright at all, you know. And <laughs> and it shows it shows on the court when he can't get over and help when he's not doing the right defensive assignments. And that's a thing with these with these guys that come off the bench that their defense is always alive. Joey Meeks and Antoine Jameson have been getting baked since I had my son <laughs> in the bake oven. Okay. <laughs> And he's only two, so, so I mean, it's been a long time. So, 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 so wait, would you have you have Joe Jackson, Jim Buss? See, the, I, it, it's a long time coming with this Lakers team to flop. So I can't I can't pick what point of where I could say, yeah, well, this this is, should be changed, this, this should be changed. This, this was going to happen. We all knew the Kobe yeah. Bryant era was going to come to the end in a bad way. Don't say that, man. Don't, yeah, don't, don't go there. Come on, man. Don't, see, don't, now, don't, see, now, you're being, now you're being disrespectful. You're calling the show. It's, it's not over yet. yet. No, 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 Twigs. I feel where you're coming from because we got Laker fans over here that, that don't want to hear that. But it's the they truth. They don't, and I'm a Laker fan. I, I like Kobe Bryant was, is, is the second greatest shooting guard ever. Right. <laughs> right. Period. Period. Right. So I'm, not, I'm not taking that from Kobe. You can't take that from what he did. But yeah. the way it's been – was this is how it was going to collapse. It was going to collapse. Because every great empire has to collapse. Point like Rome? Like, like Rome. Rome. Like Michael Jordan playing for the Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's hooping, though. No, he was still he was getting 20. He was still getting 20. <laughs> but as I, as I just wanted to point out, it's just that Dwight Howard, he isn't a student of the game. He's not a student of the game. You, you tell by the way he plays. He's not a student of the game. Students of the game get better every year. Dwight Howard has got better every year. Are you are you, are you, are you not, not ready, ready to, to kind of, kind of give, give him half of a pass because of the back and the shoulder injury? The back and the shoulders, I can understand that. But you know what? Great players learn learn new parts of their game. LeBron James mm-hmm, has yeah. an ill jump shot right now. He didn't have yeah. that three years ago. New, good, great players. I'm sorry, great Hall of Fame players learn to work on their game and make it better. 
I agree, but, but even even to that point, LeBron, who just developed a, a back-to-the-basket game, you're 6'8", 260. So you just decided in your eighth year to decide to, to put in a post game? I mean, like, it, 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 it's something that could happen. Like, Dwight could, could get better down the stretch. We could see Orlando Dwight right now. And as he's, like, getting more healthy and even if he resigns, next year maybe he does add some things to his game and make him a little better. But to your point, I do agree. He is he is lost on defense because he's so used to blocking shots and getting by off of his athleticism. And now that things are getting very tight and teams have figured out how to avoid him in their offenses, he's he's lost. So, um, he is not the defensive player of the year that he was two, three years in a row. And, and he, he does, he does look lost with his older team who Steve Nash is getting beat off the dribble every time. So now you're automatically playing five on four basketball. And now Dwight Howard has to make decisions. And when you have, when you have somebody like Dwight Howard making decisions, it, it, it could get very bad. And it, and it has been. So I, I agree with you there. Definitely. Tommy, you got something for us? Turn it up. Good? Okay, I said before, um, with Bill Jackson as their coach, they would have made the playoffs. But what I'm looking at right now is a uh, the team in the AFC, the Rockets, Houston, this team could just light it up. You know, the Utah is the seventh seed right now. That's a team I could see maybe slipping off a little bit, and they they get in maybe at an eighth seed. But as I see it right now, um, their best their best chance is to run off a few uh, some games right now because with the way Dwight Howard came out and played with passion that last game uh, after the passing of Jake Buss, I see a whole new Lakers team. But with that being said, how long is that? How long is he gonna man up? Because that's my that's my whole problem. Dwight Howard needs a man up. I don't think that I don't think that he has a lack of a skill set. He has a lack of a hunger, a, a lack of a, a a will to to impose his will on the game. You know, you saw Shaquille O'Neal. He he's a he's a new age of that type of mold, and he just hasn't man up man up enough for, to, for me at least to to you know to take it over and, and make this team a playoff team. But, um, you know, he, like I said before, he came, came out with some passion the game before, so we'll see how long it lasts. But as far as it goes, I don't see them making the playoffs right now. That would be my take. And, and just so we're clear, Mitch Kupchak, uh, I don't know if you heard about this, Twigs, but Mitch Kupchak was recently quoted as saying, um, approaching the trade deadline, asking, he was asked questions about Dwight Howard possibly getting traded and his his vision is for Dwight to have a statue in front of Staples Center down the road. Uh, that is seemingly the end goal here for Mitch Kupchak and the Lakers. So it seems like they're in it for the long haul. Um, whether that's a mistake or not is yet to be seen. But as of right now, it looks like a big mistake. <laughs> well, just... Where you're gonna have Kobe and then you're gonna have a Dwight Howard statue, but not a Shaq statue. Like, like, come on, Mitch Kupchak. Let's be realistic. He can be your franchise player. He will not be the franchise player ever, ever in life. 
He will not be Kobe productive. He will not win the City Five ring. Mitch Kupchak needs to relax. I hated that. I was very upset about that. I know you're trying to get this guy re-signed, so you're just going to, you know, wop. But it, 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 it's, it's not necessary, and, and it, it, that, that's, that's not realistic at all. Like, he's not. So, Dwight Howard can be a franchise player, and he can be a guy that they can build around, around as we exit this Kobe this Kobe stage, this Kobe era in L.A. But I, I would, I would, if I was a Laker fan, as a Laker fan, I'm not getting my hopes up too high about Dwight being the guy at all. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's up to our discussion about the Lakers. We're going to go to a commercial bake real quick. And we're going to switch gears to our discussion about point guards and MVPs for the NBA. Rafika Consultants and Services LLC is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback, sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Moon 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing at the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cut shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin. What's up, everybody? We're back with the collective. Um, I'm your host, Martin Sores. I'm joined by my co-host, Lawrence Reels, Jason Reels, and Tommy Hill. We just finished our discussion about 
We just finished our talk about uh, finished up our discussion on Michael Jordan. Had some had some good Laker discussion. We had a caller come in and, and weigh in his thoughts. We appreciate that. Uh, before we go forward, we want to uh, put out the call-in number for the show. Um, if you want to call in and, and talk to us and just give us your thoughts, uh, the number is 213-943-3. Oh, sorry, that's the wrong number. The number is 213-943-3618. 213-943-3618 if you want to call in and, and talk to our host on the collective. Um, real quick, I want to uh, switch gears to the to the whole MVP discussion. And I want to I want to I want to just ask kind of a general question because something's kind of been bothering me about the whole MVP thing, and I think somebody here will agree with me. The whole most valuable player notion. It's it's interesting, right? I mean, I guess the big picture big picture I want to ask here, and I I want to go to I want to get Lawrence's thoughts on this first. Um, real quickly, if we're talking about the MVP, is it fair, is it is it warranted to say that the most valuable player has to be on one of the one of the more winning teams in the NBA? It's, I, I think of uh, an example that sticks out is Steve Nash in Phoenix when he won those back-to-back MVPs mm-hmm. pretty deservingly. Um, he was he was great those two years. But I do, obviously, as a Laker fan, I, I remember people saying that Kobe was could have been eligible for an MVP, too, because he was, yeah. you know, the 81 points and the scoring sprees. And, and, I mean, these were the dark ages for us, right, Jay? I mean, this was the Chris, Mim, Smush Parker dark ages. So, clearly, obviously, we weren't winning. But Kobe was great. And without Kobe, that team, who knows where that team would have been? I mean, they may have canceled the organization without Kobe. So, uh, that I guess that's the question. Is it fair to give MVP to a player who's only on a winning team? Because you think about a James Harden or a Kyrie Irving, who are easily the most valuable players for their team. Easily, easily. But where where do you draw the line? What do you think about this? I think that it, it ends up going to the standard, and it's like um, it, it's not necessarily fair that it goes to the best player on the best team typically, but that's kind of just the typical thing to do. It's, it's the way things have gone, kind of. I mean, there are a few exceptions with, with guys that were on mid-range teams that just really had outstanding years. But for the most part, I mean, if, if a team is winning and they're at the very top, you know, that means they have the top players, oh, if, if not players, you know. So yeah. for, for Miami to be at the top of the NBA right now, their they're most valuable player is LeBron James. And, you know, I mean, they're almost what you would call the most valuable team. So the best player on the best team, it makes sense to give MVP. Now, like you said, you could make arguments for other guys like James Harden and Kyrie Irving who are actually the most valuable players to the team. But at the same time, it's like you can't give Kyrie Irving the MVP award if the Cavs aren't going to make the playoffs because – he, he sure he was the most valuable, but he didn't necessarily do that much with it. It's kind of about like actually putting forth the, the showing that you deserve the most valuable player. I brought my team here. That's kind of what it is. Kind of what I put the team on my back award more than it is most valuable award. But um, okay, shot as much power. <laughs> I like I like your logic. I like your logic. What do you think, Tommy? Are you are you good with this? 
yeah, I would um, I would have to agree with Harold what he said because if you, unless um, I don't know what the Rockets' record was exactly last season, but if James Harden had that much of an impact where they they are in the playoff position right now, I think you can make a case for James Harden because if he if he bought the team X amount of wins above what they had last year, then he should be in that. He should be, he should have some serious consideration. Got like Kyrie Irving. This team's not in the playoffs picture, but you still, I mean, wins and losses, what, how many more wins, I think maybe you can give him some consideration because I watched him play against the Hornets on Wednesday night, and these are two young teams. <laughs> these are two young teams that are not going to make the playoffs, but they have a lot of future all-stars on both of these squads, and Kyrie Irving, what he can do with the ball going from end to end, you know, don't matter, throw it at him. You know what I'm saying? I'm coming back like to the rim, to the cup, easy. The way he, the way he makes it look out there, it's just you. You gotta look at this guy and say he is definitely gonna be, if not this year, a future MVP of this league. But um, like at the end of the day, it's gonna go to a guy where he has the best record and on the best team. It should be Tony Parker out west, and it should be LeBron James out east. It should be between those two guys. Okay, Jay, what do you think? Are you uh? Are you good with this notion, and where where do we draw the line with this? I have to give it to the to the team that does the best that year. So if there's a team out there who's who's winning and they have a guy who's leading, you got you. It's, it, it's a team sport. It's about winning championships. If we, you talk about the best players of all time, and you say Michael Jordan because he has six rings, it's because he won. So you can't automatic, you can't just switch it up now and say, you know, we'll give it to somebody who's having a nice year on a bad team, and it took a bad team from an eight seed to a four seed or an eight seed to a five seed. No, you got to go with the guy whose team is, is is running the show right now, and LeBron James is running the show right now in the East. And Tony Parker is being a magician in the West. So it, it's, I really don't think that you can argue with that notion that the, the player on the best teams should be considered MVP. I, 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 that makes perfect sense. I, I, I don't see much of an argument there at all. Okay. Um, all right. I, guess, I mean, I, I'm glad that you got it. That's that. The way you did, because I, you know, I, I kind of struggle with that, uh, but I do, I do understand the logic, and ultimately I do agree with it. Just, just as a heads up, and I don't think this is any surprise to anybody. Um, Tony Parker has moved up to second in the NBA MVP rankings. Um, he has passed Kevin Durant, and so it goes as follows: LeBron James at one, Tony Parker at two, Kevin Durant three. Carmelo Anthony four and Chris Paul at five. Um, so if I, if I can, you know, I, I want to do the MVP thing, but I it's, it's kind of it, it almost speaks for itself, right? I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory, like you guys said. In the East, it's LeBron. In the West, right now, it, Tony Parker is is just killing. Um, but if we can, if we can, I, I want to take this to kind of a little point guard discussion, and I want to get a hypothetical from each of you. If you were to have to start an NBA team next week. 
and you could pick up the phone and call any GM, any agent, for any point guard. Who are you starting your Who are you starting your team with right now? And this this was a discussion we had on our basketball blog not too long ago, uh, basketballfeed.blogspot.com. I had a few different people come on the blog and kind of weigh in their thoughts on who would be their point guard of choosing. So, who who wants to go first? I know I know everybody's got 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 something for this. All right, I'll step in. I think that um, if you're going to if you're going to build a team from from scratch right now, you want to look for some youth. And I think uh, if you look in in youth point guards, there's there's none greater than Kyrie Irving. I think that. He may realistically be the best point guard in the league. Uh, a buddy of mine texted me earlier this week after watching his performance against New Orleans and said flat out that Kyrie Irving was the most naturally talented basketball player ever. And this guy's a bit kooky, but at the same time, he had he had a bunch of valid points in his argument. I mean, you you look at what Kyrie does. It's 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 not the flashy, just jumping all over the place. It's not the crazy explosive speed. It's not the crazy bounce. It's not it's it's not the size, strength, or anything like that. He just gets buckets, and and there's no other way to say it. He, he just get he he is as skilled a basketball player as I may have ever seen in life. So I think that I think that there's going to be a point guard discussion at this point. It would be crazy to lose Kyrie Irving. I mean, there's obviously Chris Paul, and um, I think that they're the best two. But I would I would definitely go with Kyrie. But Jay wants to share on this. Jay, who you got? Um, I think I think there's no. I, I'm not ready to pass Kyrie Irving in the torch. I, I think he's supremely talented. He he is talented, and he's extremely polished to be that young. But I'm not ready to hand him the torch. I think Chris Paul, if you want to build around someone right now, I think Chris Paul is your guy. Let's let's talk about that. He went to the Los Angeles Clippers. The Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> the poor man's Lakers. The, the, the number two in town forever. And change the culture. Change the this guy does not only bring basketball ability to the table like Kyrie Irving does. He brings a toughness at the point guard position that's unmatched in the NBA. He brings uh, attitude and competitive and competitive nature to the game that arguably with maybe like Kobe and guys like LeBron who's who's getting there. He's just as tenacious as anybody else. And there's one stat that I'm gonna throw out there that I that for me sealed the entire the entire discussion. Chris Paul is number one in the NBA in assisted turnover ratio. Wow. What else is a point guard or a a true to form point guard supposed to do besides take care of the ball and set people up? And he does that along with scoring 17 to 18 points a game. And he's averaging 9.4 assists. So he, this guy has the ball a lot. And he is diming more than he's giving it up. And and I don't think I'm, – I'm, I'm looking at the list, and Kyrie Irving is not in the top ten. 
He's not top he's 10 not, in the turnover he's not ratio. In the top 20. And he is also not in the top 30. Wow. So, come on. But he is number six in the league in scoring. That, that's all well and good, but we're talking about point guards here. Are we not, we're talking about point guards. We are. Chris Paul is probably in the top 25 to 30 in scoring in the league, possibly. And he's, he's number one in assists, and he's number one in the turnover ratio. Guys, there's no discussion. There's no, there's no discussion who's the best point guard in the league right now. You really Even think it's Tony Parker? No I, I don't think there's much thought to it. Tony Parker could be the only other person that you could argue with with Chris Paul. And he's seventh in the assist to turnover ratio. He's, he, has a, he has a team in San Antonio that's clicking on all cylinders right now, and they move the ball so well because of him. So Tony Parker, you could argue Tony Parker. But I, I can't see you really arguing Chris Paul if you're talking about a point guard. What else? What more do you want? Okay. I got some little little left field. Uh, you gotta hear me out on this one. I'm gonna take John Wall from the from the Washington Wizards to stop my franchise. <laughs> and here's why: this guy came back from an ACL surgery, and I watched watched them beat the Knicks. I think they beat the Bulls, the Bucks. This is just an exciting kid to watch. He gets double doubles at G. His speed, his his acceleration. This guy. I mean, I, although I do agree with Chris Paul and I do agree with um with Tony Parker. That's that's a clear cut. But I'm gonna just if I'm gonna my franchise and just for the sake of being different, I'm gonna get I'm a I'm gonna pick up John Wall. That dude is a game. I'll watch this, too. But I do agree with Chris Paul at the end of the day. <laughs> oh, yeah, to all the Heat fans, Mario Thomas is the worst point guard in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, he's the only dude that can have a 2.4 assist with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade on his team. But you know he will. Unbelievable. 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 But he'll light up OKC in the finals, though. He'll light up OKC in the finals. Yeah. He'll average four points the whole season. Yeah, it's unreal. I don't understand it. But Mario Thomas is the worst. Yeah, I'm not really making any more championships with Mario Thomas, y'all. I'm telling y'all right now. Yo, he can't pass. Who? Yo, who has Wade and LeBron on the wings on a fast break and still gives the bread up, like still turns over the ball. Unbelievable. I, 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 I've never seen it ever be like this with that much talent in a point guard that cannot facilitate. He plays in the big games, though. you got to give him that. I do give him that. I Even going him. back to Kansas, he had that big shot against uh, Memphis. Yeah. He's always ready for the big game, it seems. Yeah, and, 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 I was trying to, and at Kansas, now. I was a Mario Chalmers fan. I've, I've been, I, I was following Mario Chalmers. I still remember watching his – High school highlights on rivals, and I think like, all this guy's terrific. But I, I can't, I don't understand why he's not that more productive as a point guard on there. But I'm going to swing it back to Molly. Um, he doesn't have to do anything, though. If you really think about it, though, like, what is it? He, all he has to do is defend the point guard and hit open threes. That's his only job. He got LeBron James to do yeah. everything else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they should make well, yeah, that's that's why I hate the Miami Heat. You should create a new position then because he's not a point guard if he's just standing there waiting for the bottom to pass the ball. Um I'm gonna say real quick that I I'm I'm taking if I'm starting a team, I'm taking Rajon Rondell. 
Um, he may be hurt right now, so if I started the team now, obviously he wouldn't be playing. But if he's healthy, I'm taking a Miami Heat killer, Rajon Rondo. And to bounce off the point guard discussion, um, we're going to bring in our next caller, who might, might, might have been one of the better Division three point guards of all time. Um, probably one of my one of my favorite guys, one of my favorite coaches. Uh, we got Matt Nadelhofer on the line. What's up? You with the collective? How 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 we doing, guys? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Thanks for calling. Yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not talking about hip hop right now, right? No, we're not. We talking are about not. Hip-hop. We're, no, we're still on. We're still on point guard. Good. I just wanted to make sure I was calling in at the right time. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, so the, the debate here is which point guard, if you were to start a team right now in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. And don't say you. No, I was gonna. I, I honestly, I was gonna. I was gonna say Chris Paul. Thank you. Right yeah. now, at this moment, um, and my my reasoning for it is, I think he makes everyone else around them better. Um, when he was out, you know, I, I watch the NBA when I get a chance, but when he was out for this stretch with this injury, the Clippers, yeah, couldn't even run half court offense. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get into. The, could, they were nowhere near as good in transition as they are when he's on the floor, and he's mm-hmm. just a tremendous leader. I think he's a future winner. Um, he's just coming into his own, and you know, we talked. I heard you talking about Rondo. I think Rondo's a great player. Uh, the one one weakness I think in Rondo's game, I think I might have been listening to Stephen A. talk about it. And I thought it was a good point that uh, Rondo. Um, a lot of times dribbles the ball to be the guy to make the play um, and yeah. kind of controls whether or not he's going to get the assist or if he's going to shoot the basketball. And just watching Boston, I haven't seen him since the All-Star break, but right before or during this injury, a lot of times you can't prepare for – it's very difficult to prepare for injury when it happens. And mm-hmm. uh, you, if you get hurt before the season, you know, you're going to the season, the guy's out – you can, you know, get in training camp and get 10, 15, 20 practices in. And to watch the Celtics not miss a beat and actually play better basketball validates um, that uh, maybe uh, Rondo isn't, a, I mean, he's a great player, but uh, that the Celtics are able to still run offense and kind of continue to win games, I, I find it interesting. But I do think Rondo's a great guard. All these guys are. But if I had my choice, I would take Chris Paul. Okay, but... Give us your thoughts on, on Kyrie Irving right now. Have you have you gotten a chance to watch him? I've watched him. I've watched him a little. I think that he is the future of the NBA at the point guard position. You know, um, but it's hard to it's it's hard for me to say. I, I just think winning has so much to do with it down the road. And uh, at this point, I, I understand the Cavs aren't a very good basketball uh, basketball team, but. I think that Irving's gonna he has to earn his stripes, and I think two, three years from now, he's probably a guy. Um, assuming the collectus is you know gone gone national, that I'm calling, <laughs> I'm calling in and saying uh, that uh, he's probably the, the point guard mm-hmm. right now. And, you know, I think the Clippers are are uh, if they can find a way to beat the Spurs, I think they're a team to beat out west. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're definitely the best team in LA. We know that now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired here. Man down. Two men down over there. Yes. 
Did uh, John Walton is definitely unconventional, <laughs> but <laughs> I do. I yo that's I think that's an important stat. I mean, clearly they're they're nothing without him, and he pushes them. I think you put John Wall on um, heck a Miami Heat or a or a New York Knicks or something of that nature. You. Uh, you're looking at a really explosive team. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would like to see him on a, on a better team. Yeah, with John Wall, I, for me, it's it's not his ability. I just feel like the intangibles are missing that it takes to be a championship point guard or an elite point guard. Like, is he going to compete? Is he going to compete every night? Is he going to lead his team every night? Is he going to be a leader off the floor in the locker room? The 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 point guard position. It, it's not just what you do on the floor. It's 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 like being an assistant coach. So it's 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 the intangibles are very important when it comes to a point guard, and that's why I kind of give Chris Paul as well the nudge over a lot of other people because I feel like he has that. Like he he commands his team. His team runs as he runs, and he brings it every night. You you you've never seen a game where Chris Paul looks slow or he looked or he looked not ready or anything like that. So. I, I love John Wall's game, and he is going to be. He sets the mold for the for the point guards of the future as far as being tremendously fast and athletic, and he's six four, and he could break out and be put himself in that elite category. I want to see more of the intangibles come about. Uh, hey, uh. We really appreciate your call, Coach. Um, yeah, thanks for really having special. me, guys. I got to get, I got to get back to this game. Matthew and uh, Natalie are playing it. <laughs> All right. All right. Take Coach, care. Thanks for calling call. next time. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Uh, all right. Bye. You too. That was that was Matt Nadelhofer. Uh Jason and I had the pleasure of uh, playing for Coach Nadelhofer in college. Um, we had some we had some really good times together. Um, we appreciate his call. We're going to go to commercial, and when we come back, we're going to go into our hip-hop segment, which I think should get pretty hot. We're talking about Lil Wayne's crazy self, and uh, we'll be back with the collective. Keys 107 and the FOI Board of Directors is proud to present The Final Call. The Final Call is the country's unique leading source for news. Founded by the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, National Representative of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the Nation of Islam, the final call follows in the tradition of Muhammad's speaks with hard-hitting national and international news and coverage of political issues. It is the official communications organ of the Nation of Islam. Founded in the 1930s as the final call to Islam, the newspaper evolved into Muhammad Speaks in the 1960s and boasted a circulation of 900,000 a week with monthly circulation of 2.5 million. Today, the final call newspaper serves a readership of diverse economic and educational backgrounds, including circulation in North America, Europe, Africa, and the Caribbean. Read the final call newspaper. You can find one of the beautifully bow-tied representatives in your community or read FinalCall.com.
Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome back to the collective. We are back after our commercial break. You know, wrapping our conversation about the NBA MVPs and, and point guards. We had another caller call in. Um, that that turned into a nice little discussion um, from the shot. Which, from from the straight from the shot, um, Coach Nate offer. That was that was definitely a treat. Um, like I said before, uh, myself and Jason had the pleasure of playing for Coach Nader Hoffer um, at Eastern University, and um, uh, he was he was in his in his younger years as a coach, and um, I think he taught both of us a lot about um, about life and about basketball. And I can say that those were those were some of the best times of my college career, um, spending time with Matt Nader Hoffer. So we appreciate his call. Now. If we can, if we can segue here, switch gears to our to our hip hop segment. Um, this portion of the show is represented by our music blog, WhatWeHear.blogspot.com. Um, you can go there for music reviews, feature stories, and all that good stuff. Um, the big story in hip hop this week came from uh, our 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 guy, Little Wayne. Um, gotta be kidding me! You know. Uh, you know, allow me to just kind of go over the obituary that is the way. You know, it's it's sad, right? Because I remember in 2007, or I guess that was 06, my junior, I think it was my junior year in high school, I remember skipping school to download the Drought 3 mixtape. And I remember listening to that thing all day and thinking, my God, this, this is the best rapper alive. alive. And it wasn't, it wasn't just because he was saying it. It was because he 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 just was. I mean, there wasn't an argument. He convinced us. He was free. He conv- He was freestyling on other people's beats that sounded better than the original song, which is a hard thing to do when you really think about it. Um, Everything you wanted from rap music at that time, Little Wayne was delivering in terms of delivery, in terms of content, punchlines, the whole bit. Fast forward to today, he's off the deep end, right? I mean, he goes to All-Star Weekend, supposedly, for All-Star Weekend, and he makes a comment about well, it's a strange theory, yeah. right? He, he was he was kicked out of the of the Miami Heat arena, I believe, uh, during a game. Um, but he, so he claims he was kicked out of the arena. In which case, he followed with a tweet um, saying that he was kicked out and um, f LeBron and f Miami and all these anti Miami Heat rants. He has since apologized. Only oh, let's not forget, he also claimed to have had sexual relations with Chris Bosh's wife which whether or not it's true, it's pretty crazy that he said. And he also says that, he says, look at me, I'm the new Tupac. As if to say, look, I can say what I want, I can be what I want, and pretty much implying that he is the, the kind of new superior badass in hip-hop, as it were. Does it match up with Lil Wayne? Of course not. Is he the new Tupac? Absolutely not. Um, but if we can just talk about 
the demise of Little Wayne's career. Um, what, Lawrence? What are you most disappointed about when it comes to Little Wayne? Man, the thing is, right? Yeah, the, the the reason why we hold any sort of disdain toward Little Wayne is because he was what he was. Like right. you have to, that that needs to be this is, everything I'm saying is with all due respect, you know. But he but he sucks now, like, and I mean that's, that's rough to put, you know. And I mean he does he, does he still come out with a good verse here and there? Absolutely, you know. But that's not what like a, a good artist is for. Is just to like sporadically like you know I'm gonna come and I'm gonna kill this and and then just do something else for a little while or I'm going to just go skateboard. Like, come on, dude. Like, when he dropped, when he dropped Sorry for the Wait, I wanted to respond and be like, it's cool. Like, like I'm, I'm fine with you because it, cause it wasn't nothing to wait for. Um, so, with, so with that being said, you know, I think that I think that this whole controversy is just kind of a, it's the same thing all over again. Just someone trying to to propel themselves out of someone else's spotlight. The heater hot right now is also he just happened to be in Houston, even though he said he wasn't attending the event. This guy got to sit on stage and talk about, yeah, I'm only here because I got a cool skate park. I'm like, come on, are you not 12? Like, what are we doing here? Like, we're like, since when is this not about the music? And and that's what that's what this whole little Wayne monster has become, so. With that being said, I'm I'm falling back, man. I, I, I just can't with him, yo. I can't with him. Uh, um, hey, where you at? Where you at with Wayne right now? Um, it is, it is disappointing to say the least to see how Little Wayne has not evolved into a better artist. And for any artist, I'm not just talking about rappers, as they get into their their middle and latter stages of their career, you know, you have to see some evolution in his music. And there really hasn't been any evolution in his music. And he's not doing the music that he did back in the day as well as he's doing it now. And it's, and it's, and it's extremely disappointing. And who knows why there's been a decline? Um, who knows why his writing has been different? Um, who knows why he's trying to uh, rejuvenate his career and his fan base through these skating type vibes that he's putting out as far as like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a skateboarder now. You're like 30, son. Like, you're you going to get hurt. Like, what are you doing? Like, it, it, it really disappoints me and the reason why he should never even mention Tupac and his name in the same sentence is that Tupac's music evolved over time. His music hasn't evolved. It, it, right. it, it's been it's been stagnant to be nice about it, and realistically, it's it's gone down. Like the quality of his verses has declined, and it's and it's really sad and it's really unfortunate because he he seemed like the one to take the torch and and, and lead this next generation of rappers um in a new sound and a and a new wave and I'm totally with that. But 
he's he's been very disappointing, and there's been no evolution in his music at all. Tommy, your thoughts on Wayne? That, and to piggyback off what what uh, Jay was saying, and you think that after when he went to jail, me as a fan, I I thought that he was gonna be the type to come out and like focus this 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 new fire to prove he that he's still mm-hmm. the best rapper in the game. And when he didn't do that, it was just like, okay, now what does what does Little Wayne actually stand for now? He stands for uh, pill popping, like party, get it, you know what I'm saying, pop the molly, that's what he stands for. He just, it, it's not, it's nothing, it's not a good vibe, it's nothing positive, nobody wants to be around that, so him showing up to, this is another story actually, another story I heard off of, um, or actually I read it, off of Funk Flex on Twitter, the, about the Miami thing, he actually is obsessed with LeBron, and he keeps trying to get LeBron to hang out, come to my concerts, come to my shows here, blah, blah, blah. And LeBron's just like, nah, like I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be around that. You like, and to correlate that with what I was saying about, it just doesn't, it doesn't stand for anything positive. So why would LeBron try to be around that? He's just, it's sad that he's just gone this far to be relevant. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that makes sense. I'm like, I'm upset with him because I thought I expected a lot better from him. Put it that way. I you know I agree with you. And I was I was gonna touch on that. Um I'm pretty sure his first project out of jail was that rebirth album, which I mean isn't even worth to if you remember the that, that Queen song was on there. It was it was like the rock kind of feel album. It's, I mean like okay the, the, the stale burst boy. It, I mean, it's terrible. And, you know, to kind of to piggyback on everything you guys just said so well, for me, and, and on Jay's point, and, and Elle touched on it too, the evolution. When you look at Little Wayne's content, I mean, my God, how many, how many different ways can you talk about eating a girl out or... or, or pouring up a drink? And, and what confuses the heck out of me Ever since he got out of jail, he's supposed to be sober, right? Isn't he supposedly not smoking weed and not drinking? And supposedly that's that's at least what he's saying in public is that he's he's stone cold sober. Obviously, his content doesn't imply that. Um, but to Tommy's point about LeBron, it's really sad, right? Because Little Wayne has put himself in an image where. People like LeBron don't want to be seen with him because people who look up to LeBron all over the world, kids and whatnot, it, LeBron is a smart guy. He's not going to be walking around with Lil Wayne who's talking about good uh, and alcohol. He's not bringing anything positive to the table, nothing real. And and like I said before, it's, it's depressing because you look at rappers today and, and my God, guys, the Carter Four went double platinum. Yo, he double he and Birdman bought platinum. all those albums. Like I don't <laughs> hear me when I'm saying that. But he and Birdman bought. But here's the thing. I, I don't think they do. Though. I, think I think that's I think that's that's my problem. Is that I don't I think I think 
however many people it takes to buy uh, to buy an album to make it double platinum went out and bought that album. But that's because they love Little Wayne. At this point, though, it's like kids. It's like kids. That that's his, his demographic. But you know what? We can say that. But I promise you, there are people our age that still like Little Wayne, and they, and and whether whether or not they are musically conscious. Is is almost I mean it's almost irrelevant. But we can we can say that they're missing out because if, if Little Wayne is number one on your track list, then you are you are missing out on rap music right now. Mm-hmm. And I think we can all agree on that. I think uh, I think it, it it's just kind of it's become a show more than it's become about the music, and that's and that's when it becomes an issue. It, it, yeah, especially for him because it's like the the music was so good. I do think I want to get on on, on one quick point. I do think that Wayne Wayne saw his evolution, you know, because we because we did have Wayne that started off with bling bling, the block is hot, that moved on to part or two Wayne, you know. So that that was his evolution. But I would I would almost argue that he kind of peaked at like maybe let's say the Carter Three No Ceilings there. And after he went to jail, you know, so he put out so much music that a lot of hip-hop started to emulate that sound. And when there's new guys that are coming out and emulating the Wayne sound but just doing it better, like when Wayne comes out of jail and starts doing the same thing like he was doing in 2004, it's not going to it's not gonna translate because it's just like, all right, all of these guys are doing what you did times 10. Why would we still live with you when you're here when you're fucking 05? And I think that that uh, that that's kind of been his issue. I mean, like I said, he still puts out a good verse every once in a while, but it's just more of like with this whole LeBron situation, it's kind of obvious that he was trying to be controversial to remain relevant, and that's not a good look. It's never a good thing. The good push and alcohol record is obviously huge. I think it, I'm pretty sure it just went gold off. Of yeah. Um, it's, it's a big record, but again, Future Drake. That record is defined yeah. by Future and Drake. Yeah, it's man, that's not, a Future and Drake song. You know, and and, and it's sad. Um, so, Jay, are you going to give this I Am Not a Human Being 2 a chance? I mean, I think the release date is March March 26th or something. Or are you are you going to give this thing a chance or what? Um, yeah. Off a of Hulk share, there won't be no iTunes <laughs> purchase. I'm, I'll give it a free chance because it's Wayne, but I'm not. I'm not, I'm not spending no money on Wayne. You know, I'm not. I refuse to. And and I will give him the benefit of the doubt because he was a a, a, a architect of the new sound of hip hop as it is today, and I and I completely give him credit for that. So I will give it a chance. I will listen to it. I expect it to be ratchet. I expect it to be not no it won't be profound it won't be life changing it won't be it won't be it won't be it won't be quintessential it won't it won't be it won't be, it won't be you won't have to think much while you're listening to it um, so um i i uh, but i I'll give it a chance i i will i definitely will um well, you know, piggybacking off of that, I think, you know, talking about Little Wayne, I think it's it's almost necessary for us to go into um, some of the artists who we who we are, you know, uh, who are doing some things right now and who we can look forward to um, for the rest of the year. Um, I've got a list here 
of upcoming album releases and mixtapes of um you know uh a whole lot of a whole lot of hip hop artists um so I, but I guess I'll start, uh, I'll start with Tommy. Is there someone in particular or a particular project that you're looking for, that you're looking out for for this year? To be honest, um, you know, when I when I look at rap music, I just look at it as, you know, what, what it provides for my life. And, you know, I like to hear ratchet at times. And that's when I'm when I'm mainly working out in the gym, doing things, trying to get things moving. But then I have another side of me that says, you know, when you listen to a rapper, you listen to the quality of the lyrics. And you know, I'm just I'm just looking to get more potential. And you know, I feel like you know I got him on my top ten last week. But Kendrick, I want to hear more from him. This guy is it's unbelievable. His he his his um you know the way he comes at you with so much. I'm, I'm just looking more at him. Uh, I like Wale a lot. Uh, he just dropped the mixtape. Um, His album Lauren. comes out, I think. Lauren, it's, it's Lauren the album, right? Lauren the, the mixtape. Oh, that was the mixtape. Yeah. Do you, like, you remember the album title? No, nah, I, I don't. I, I'm just I'm man, waiting to hear more from him. I don't know the album title. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I like... <laughs> and then there's another side of me. I want to hear more of Jeezy. I want to hear more of 2 Chainz. You know, I want to hear more future. Not French Montana. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, man, I, I I love music and I just love hearing like the Joey Badasses that you that you Martin put me on. Um, this young kid, I listened to actually. This is uh, remember the kid Astro that was on America's Got Talent? I think he's like 14 years old rapper. You guys remember him? Mm-hmm. Young kid. He just dropped a mixtape, and I was listening to that, and he he got bored, man. Yeah, really? He's a rap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, he's like 15 now, but this young kid, Astro, remember I texted uh, text Martin earlier in the week, Astro, uh, the astronomical kid, and this kid, he can rap. There it is. So, come on, y'all, wait up. But, yeah, that's what I look forward to in the rap, in the rapping. I had, yeah, I had no idea what you were talking about, but, uh, <laughs> but that, but, um, no, absolutely. Um, just a quick side note: the, the upcoming Wale album is called Arrival. If uh, if I have this right, uh, I don't think there's a release date. Um, I think I think I just saw Arrival. I, I think I hope I'm not. I hope I'm not getting that wrong. Uh, oh no, sorry. Arrival was a song that he dropped. I don't know why I can't find. Um, yeah, I don't know the name of the album. Um, yeah, there, uh, he, he initially said the release date would be February for the album, but February is over in about four days, so clearly we're pushed back. Um, uh, what about you guys? You know, I did want to talk a little bit about J. Cole. Um, you know, he, he put out his, his what, a five-song mixtape, the Truly yeah, Yours, truly yours yeah. um, collection. You know, actually, uh, interesting um, about that, real quick before we go over to L, um, the L, uh, the Stay record? Yeah. Yeah, you had 2009 in that. Yeah. Was that originally his song? And not originally, it was his song. And, um, yeah, apparently in an interview, he said that uh, the Stay record and the Tears of Joy record from Rick Ross and Teflon and Don album mm-hmm, were mm-hmm. both supposed to be for J. Cole, but Rick Ross and Nas put up more money than him. So does that record. mean that they were his beats? 
maybe. I don't think they were his beats. I don't think I, I don't think they were his beats. Uh, the way the way I read it, it seemed like the beats were somebody else. It seemed like he had to buy it, like he had to purchase the record. Um, I, I don't I don't think they're his beats. But yeah, that was just a quick yeah, just a quick sidebar. So what what are you what are you looking for from J Cole this year? His album, uh, what's it called? Uh, Born Center. Yep. He, he just said it's supposed to come out. I think just before summer. Yeah, see, I mean, part of my issue with that is that this is like the third pushback it's had because it was supposed to be the beginning, uh, end of January and February now. But regardless of all of that, I think that, um, I mean, that that truth is EP was pretty cool. I mean, I don't think it wasn't necessarily anything overwhelming, but it was it was really cool for what a quick five songs just kind of keep his voice out there. I think that the single he just put out off of Born Center with Miguel is um is crazy the. Uh, yeah, uh, it's called. Uh, but I think yeah, that's the record. And, then, and what that shows is that J. Cole is, is kind of is transforming his song making ability, and that's kind of what I felt like he's lacked. Because I don't think anybody can sit here and say that J. Cole isn't one of the most talented lyricists in the game right now. Like it's sure. pretty evident. I mean, he showed us that warm up. He showed us that Friday Night Lights. Like. Even even on the on the sideline story, but that, that's very kind of he faltered a little bit because he wasn't making the best possible song, you know. And um, there's this power trip is pretty promising. I mean, it's a good all together song. And from from what I hear from like J Cole official releases, I feel as though most of it is actually produced by J Cole, which is one of the coolest parts. Because I mean. Yeah, kids a beast. I mean, yeah. there, there's no doubting that J Cole's a beast. But um, yeah, man, he's like, he's a, he's a baby Kanye almost. I mean, the, the, he he's been making beats as long as he's been rapping, as far as I know, and and he's a, and he's an animal. So I think that I think that his release could be something could be something special. I think so. I want, I really hope it is. Uh, like you said, I want it to be. Album, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. There didn't seem to, there weren't too many memorable songs from the no. first album. But there were cool songs, but there were cool like, songs okay. on there, not too memorable. Um, God's gift, the song, the that rising, rising challenge was stuck out for me. Rising challenge, thing was serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so Jay, I, I, I've got two. Albums mm-hmm. that are coming out that I that I know you have particular interest in. And the first, the first is called my French. And excuse my French. Uh, the release date has since been pushed back. The release date has since been pushed back. The original date was set for March 12th, but French Montana has since pushed it back. He's been hyping it up. I mean, he has he's been quoted saying this will be the best album of the decade. Um, he, I mean, he's. He's, he's pushing the envelope there, but I will say the two singles that he put out from the album, the Marvel Fours, which which was which I think it's like a few months back when that first came out with with Ross and Chains. I mean that thing went hard, and that new Freaks with Nicki Minaj, that thing goes hard too. So I guess you kind of get a sense of what his album is going to be like. And also Juicy J has his album coming out, Stay Trippy. <laughs> Stay Trippy, yeah. 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 You know how I feel uh-huh. about that. Trippy oh, yeah. Life. Yeah. Um, so that, that release date is set for March, but there's no there's no date for it. And the only single out right now for that is that show out with Jeezy and Big Show. Mm-hmm. That, that goes pretty hard. And uh, that goes hard, right? And he also he just put out the, another single with uh, The Weeknd. Mm-hmm. Juicy J did. Yeah. yeah. 
just a couple days uh-huh. ago, and I, I like that. You know, I really started to appreciate him as a producer. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's a tremendous. He, he's a great producer, man. Um, that, yeah, that turner. So, yeah, so anything, uh, is there anything else you're looking for in particular, Jay? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been looking around. Uh, Tyler, the creator, is coming yeah. out with an album, and uh, yeah. production-wise, he's a beast, man. He, they're oh, all weirdos, and they're all, they're all, like, just off-brand dudes. So, like, I'm, I'm, I was, I'm not a, a huge fan of the movement at the moment, but you, they, they are talented. These kids are extremely talented. Uh, Cuddy's coming out with an album. Yeah, in the Cuddy. In the Wizard yeah. J Electronica, I, I mess with the Wizard. That's why I like Cuddy a lot. Um, so he, he's coming out with an album. I can't wait for French. Um, that's just a Jersey, New York thing. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta love affair going on with French pause. And uh, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm looking forward to. There's a couple more. Uh, Big Sean is coming out yeah. with an album. Uh, Pusha okay. T is coming out with an album. Yeah. Girls, yeah. See, see, yeah. see, that's what we need to get to. Omas Keith, who's one of the dudes from uh, Sara, he, they, they were signing good music a few years back, but he, like, did almost half of the production on Channel Lawrence. He said that Earl Sweatshirt's album is going to be a top competitor for best rap album at the 2014 Grammys. I can like, see uh, Confidently, and I, and I would have to totally agree. I think that what Earl has shown us Man, listen. Earl, we should Earl, Earl or Joey Badass. badass. Earl or Joey Badass. Uh, for, the, for the supremacy of the young, of the young up-and-coming rappers. Each, each representing their respective coast. It's like a young Tupac, Biggie thing going on right now. Not that yeah, they're people, yeah. but, but they're, they're, they'll be... They, they could be. The front runners. They could be. They seem the front runners for, you know, yeah. in charge. I kind of don't have an answer to that. I don't... I, I would want to say Earl. I would want to almost say Earl. I mean, even as promising as Joey Badass seems, Earl's already gave us a banger of an album, and that, and that wasn't. 1999 was more in the line of like a mixtape, whereas Earl full on original album, and he ate, and he ate, and that's at and that's at 16. You got the chunk tracks. I mean, dude. Earl Fletcher. Um, I know. Your boy Travis Scott has an EP coming out. Yeah, that's what you call Al Yeah, yeah. The original date for it was February 22nd, which obviously is already passed, so it's not out yet. But I've heard, I've heard him, uh, or rather, I've read about him talking about the EP and stuff he's working on, and um, he's hinted that the whole, the whole, uh, the cool winter album with good music. Um, that's like. That's neither here nor there. That's like up in the air right now. Um, but he has he has something his upcoming EP. Um, he's so complex that's happening and that he has money there and um, Coro. Uh, I don't know how you say the boy's name. Coro Emir or whatever. The guy, uh, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, it's always It's like one of those like off-brand guys that people go to for like production and stuff. What's his name? Oh, 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 oh,
Um, but it, he's done some crazy music. He said him and Barney Bear are both going to be part of the project. So Travis Scott is kind of flying through the radar. Oh, my gosh. Once he comes out, he will put everybody on notice. Um, I mean, he's for sure. He's one of those guys that that really separates himself by 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 just sound in general. And I mean, I think that's like almost number one. It's just like you don't want to listen to a bunch of people that sound exactly the same. And I've I've almost never heard anybody sound like Travis Scott before. I mean, yeah, he's really unique. And I've heard his production be compared to Kanye. And when you're talking about the goat, like the greatest, it's it's, it's something to take note of. What you got coming up, though, Tommy? I'm just I'm I'm hearing all these new rappers from you guys and and I um I I need to get up on more more music because I don't I don't really know the who's the Earl Sweatshirts and the Travis Scotts I haven't even heard these guys and I mean I gotta get up on them I guess I gotta keep on my radar but with me man like I said before I just listen to what gets me going and you know Jack Cole. I always I forgot to throw him in my my top ten last week. Yeah, um, J Cole man, you you gotta, you gotta keep you gotta be on your P's and Q's when you talk about a guy like J Cole man. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Young Kanye West like did, but um, you know yeah. So, but did you wasn't there a question that was uh, um, if you could pick three rappers to to start a cipher? I was gonna yeah. I think we're gonna end the show with that with that hypothetical. I got a, I got a good reason. I got a good week to go. No, no, hold on. Hold on. I want to wrap the show with that because I, I, I cannot wait to hear everybody's responses. But I think Jay's got something. After, I, I want to talk about Drake, Rick Ross, and Kanye West real quickly. Um, but Jay, Jay's got something for us. All right, real quick. All right, can we? I want to. Did? Did? See a lot of old folks. Senior citizens putting out albums that um, I, I just don't feel like is necessary. Hello, Cool J has an album coming out. Chill. Eve got an album coming out. Chill. Um, um, there's a couple more. There's a couple more. Um, Big Boy has an album out. I, I can deal no, with no, that. No, no, no. Yeah, we can do that. I can that. deal with that. Um, Raekwon has an album coming out. I can deal with that. Mob Deep has an album coming out. Fall oh, back. yeah. They got some. Um, Are they back Chill, together? Fall back. Like, come on. Apparently, yeah, they've they've Bobby made a back together, huh? Yeah, yeah. But I am looking forward to the lock is coming out with a new album. Oh, what? Apparently. And so is Jada. So solo. I think I yeah, so a solo Jada album, which Jada's never had a bad verse in his life. <laughs> almost, he's almost never, never he's, he's never really almost well, never. you can go through every Jada Kiss song and if you find a bad verse let me listen to it and and and, and, and yeah please call me while we, while we talk about the old heads let's bring we're gonna bring Raph Twigs back on he said he, he's got something to share on this Raph you live hey Raph what the that's what it is. Wait, stop playing with your son. Yeah, y'all talking to me? Yeah, yeah, he's hot right now. What for, son? What for, son? What y'all jump in on? What are you looking forward to? What, what album coming out soon are you looking for? What's on your radar right now? Oh, well, top, top is definitely going to be J. Cole. J. Cole. J. Cole, yeah. yeah. That's going to be your top. But I, I mean, my man was just talking about the whole little Wayne situation. Yeah. And uh, just to, just to you know, help you out with the things, what, what happened was Chris Bosh White used to be just, you know, one of them go-go joints to be out there trying to you know, 
Just bulls. On some serious stuff. And she was and Lil Wayne was messing with her and she tried she told Lil Wayne she had cancer so she can get some bread out of him. Oh I'm not, been I'm, not this, yo, I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. Yeah, Chris Bosch is nice. That's what we just talked about. He's yeah, I don't even think that's his real white daughter. I think he's old Hogan. He was exactly. too happy to throw his face in Blake Griffin Cross. <laughs> I know. He got it real, though. He got it, too. Tell Chad that he got it, too. <laughs> like, that, that's another, that's a, a whole other reason why Chris Bosch shouldn't be an all-star. But anyway. <laughs> no way. No way. Yeah. Starter at that? Yeah. Gotta yeah be no, way, no way in the world. But we're, not, we're on the on rap thing right now. And just to pick you up back on the whole little Wayne situation, it's just, you know, I hate to say it, but drugs is messing these people up, man. They got they got they got to get these drugs out of L.A. for Word, right? though. Word, though. You got to get the mollies out of there. Yeah, uh, you got to yeah, get these uh, drugs out of there. Eventually, it's because this is, this is affecting kids. This is These are the kind of rappers that are affecting our kids having to run around yeah. in leggings, leopard, leopard print leggings. Like, I see them going to with the leggings on. In front of blouses. <laughs> what y'all got blouses on for, man? No, that's no, weird. That's, that's, weird. that's, that's real. Thing. That's straight yeah. up. That's real. You got to like, they had to. They had to realize. Like people don't understand, rappers are are, are you know feeding the youth, and yeah, they, yeah. You know, they're, and they're not controlling. They're, they're not controlling themselves, man. They're not controlling. Yeah. Themselves. Right. So it's 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 a it's a bigger issue for Wayne because he's he's number one right now for no reason, no reason whatsoever. He's he's been gone since since Carter one. Carter one was <laughs> Carter one was at work. Carter 2 was at work, too, but that was when he was stealing flows from Gilly. But we ain't going to jump in on that either. <laughs> we're jump I forgot we're in Philly. I forgot we're No one trying to hear no Lil Wayne in Philly. It's all Gilly. Don't kill him, man. But, yeah, back to the back to the whole rap thing, though. J. Cole is going to be... If he if he gets his things together and he and he really and he really starts doing it, he'll be the hottest dude out, guaranteed. Yeah, guaranteed. Uh, those five traps was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were all five amazing. Uh, other than that, I mean, I, I like some of the young guys coming up. I feel like I'm old now because I can't get into them no more. It's it's kind of weird because I just can't. Like Kendrick Lamar is like he's hot, but I just can't get into him all the time. You know. He's yeah. hot and he, and, he, and, he, and he spits a lot of good stuff, but I just can't get into him all the time. A lot of other guys are terrible that's come out now, but I'm not. We're not gonna talk about rap rappers. I don't want to talk about rap rappers. I'm talking about. I'm talking about J Cole because he's gonna be great. Kendrick Lamar, I don't know. I want to see what he looks like in two years. I want to see what Kendrick Lamar looks like in two years. That's true. That's that's, 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 I mean, that's fair. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, first album, album was so good. good. It's all yeah, I mean, like you want to see if he can maintain that. Yeah, the big the biggest thing is like the the maturation of these guys. A lot of yeah. these guys so mature as rappers, just like with anything. You mature in your art, and you're gonna be great. But if you don't mature in your art, it's not there's nowhere for you to go with it. And you're gonna yeah. release the same stuff. You're gonna be jumping on the same people's songs, talking about the same, you know, going down on Jones and everything, which which is crazy though. He does he does talk about eating out bitches a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> a lot. Too like, much. Uh, I don't, Too I don't much. get that. Does he got something else to do? I don't know. He must do that all day. Yeah, but I just want to throw it out there, though. Yeah, but I just want to throw it out there. But how do y'all feel about Drake? 
that's 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 one thing I really like about the Tun Show is how do y'all feel about Drake? Because you know what? For what it's worth, he's a nut. You know, he's a weird yeah. bull. It's all terrible. Night. Terrible. It's terribly weird. But for but the stuff he puts out when he when he Funny. takes his time and makes it, it works. It works Funny. for the radio. It works for the radio. It, people what eat, eat Drake for dinner and you know what I'm saying like <laughs> <laughs> it really works. It really works for the radio. He, the stuff he puts out, really, and it's not, and it's not what Little Wayne is saying. And he's putting out a cool vibe, so it's not like you got to go shoot somebody when you hear a Drake song, you know? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is which is perfect um, for what he's doing right now. But how do you feel? Like you feel Drake is still going to be Drake in two years? You know, you what? know what? I think I think, I think, I think his next album, album for him, for him is just no, nothing was the same album. Is going to be huge for him because. I, I don't think he's missed yet with his first two albums. Um, I think I think he needs to go three for three to kind of get himself into that into that area, like you said, where you know two years down the line, uh, when he when you look back on Drake's legacy and his, his discography, uh, you know what are, what are we gonna say? So I, I think his third album is really important for him, and mm-hmm. I don't think he could have done a better job putting out with his first with the with the uh, started from the bottom. I don't think he could have put out a better first single for that. I think that was the perfect release. I think the timing was perfect. The video is spectacular, um, and and his and his approach. I mean, and you know what's interesting about the song though? You know, pe- the biggest Drake critics are the ones who say they don't like the fact that he sings. But I guarantee you, those same people like starting from essentially he's singing on the song. It, it's like singing and rapping at the same time. I mean, it, it, there's there's a melody that he sticks with, even his verse. I mean, it's it's a it's a kind of singing. I mean, he's rapping but he's singing at the same time. So it's but it's it's that Drake though. That's what embodies Drake. That's what makes him. That's what makes him Drake. That's what makes him great as an artist. So who do y'all have in two, in who in two years? Who is your top five in two years? Who is your top five? I think Drake will still be there. I think I I think that I think that what Drake has showed us so far. I mean, he's 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 here to stay, like it or not. I mean. Like the intangibles with Drake, you could do without all the V-necks and, and the, the little and all that stuff. He he got to chill. But in terms of actual music, there's there's no one making there's no one making music like him. Like he's he he is at the top of the rap game for a reason. Um, uh, J Cole, I think, will be there in two years. Uh, who else do you guys think will be there in two years? The thing the thing with Drake though, I think that I think he leaves God J on me because he just said cheap Keith. Oh, no. <laughs> but no, I think um, Drake, he, his image is, is tainted because he's associated with Little Wayne. I feel like that's, he's kind of trapped with being with Young Money. That's why when people see him out, they're kind of unsure of, like, mm-hmm. you know, does he stand for the same type of things that Little Wayne stands for? That's why, like, my little brother, it was funny, he was uh, he was all upset because he was chilling next to KD while he was shooting threes in the All-Star game. He's like, what is he doing, like? Hopping around like you can't play ball, dog. Like sit down in the bleachers, yeah. watch the game. You know, <laughs> but he's giving Terrence Ross his chain during the dunk yeah, contest. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Singing the uh, the Canadian national anthem. Oh my God! <laughs> but it's just just stay over here, dog. Like don't even come to the U.S. and live here, man. Nah, but <laughs> as, artist, as an artist, he's a, he's the truth. He's the truth. But I feel like his his image is. It's kind of like people not sure what he's really about because 
you got Little Wayne, who is your your overall the the head of what you stand for, and it's not like it doesn't it doesn't go together. Like some little else there, for Young Money. <laughs> um, to round out that five real quick, I, I would say maybe a Kendrick will be there. Should, should maybe be around in two years, depending on what he does to bounce back. Um, Joey could. Joey definitely could. I mean, he's only 18. <laughs> So, uh, what do you guys think about Joe Budden? I think Joe Budden is 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 one dimensional at best, and I don't think he'll ever. I think he he's kind of created a lane for himself, but I don't think that lane is ever going to make its way to the forefront of hip hop. I think he's kind of one of those guys that's going to be around. You know, you know like that 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 music, it does because he's really good. He's really good. Yeah. Just, just listening right now, he'll tell you. Look, Joe Bud is, is maybe one of the more talented rappers in the game right now. In terms of rapping, in terms of straight rapping, I feel like he's stuck in this box though, and and he now he can't break his way out of it. The whole group's like they all can fit at the job. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Listen, they are, they are all tough. Um, yeah. I, I was saying to Jay last week, the, the Y series that Joe Budden did, I mean, this was like years ago, over that, that Marvin Gaye make me want to hop. I mean, that Fox Barbie style. The whole thing all the way through was, I mean, just great rap. I mean, that's when I really realized that Joe Budden was a great rapper. I mean, he can, he can really rap. Um, but it's like, you know. Like you said, it's unfortunate that he's kind of in that box. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, 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 I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I gave it that last album, listen, I, I almost wrote a review for it, but I was I was almost kind of impartial. I mean, I didn't really get any kind of vibes from it. Um, I, I will be honest, the fact that he's on Love & Hip Hop does not help for me. Not and I don't at watch, all. I don't not watch at Love & Hip Hop, but Jay the does, fact but that he, knowing that... <laughs> Uh, the fact that he's on that alone kind of um, almost almost uh, tarnishes my view of him, which could be the, yeah, could be a bad thing. A good look for it's, it's not a good look for anybody. Uh, it, it <laughs> why why Kanye won't, 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 won't do Keeping Up with the Kardashians because he knows that that is not the move. Yeah. <laughs> He'll make a couple cameos here and there, but you know, in terms of like reality television, that that's not the way to promote yourself as a musician. Um, so we're gonna first of all, Twitch, thank you for calling in again and, and uh giving us your input. We appreciate your call. Uh, no problem, guys. I, I really enjoy listening to you guys talking. Tell Nita Hoffer I said what up. Yeah, 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 we will. We definitely will. Real quick we just got I, I got a request from one of our friends. We wanna give a birthday shout out to Danny Davis. Shout out Sam. Happy birthday, Sam. Sam do a little birthday shout out. So let's let's round out the show. I wanna do this little hypothetical segment. Um you know, the the discussion, the hip-hop discussion really got good, and I'm glad it got good. I'm disappointed we didn't get get to talk about the Oscars and uh, television and movies, but we'll we'll make time for a segment next week. Um, I want to do this quick hypothetical statement, or question, rather, for each of you guys, and and I'm I'm going to give my input as well. Three rappers. call three rappers for, let's say... Let's say you're doing an album, and you need three rappers for three different songs. You can take, you can call, you pick up the phone and call any rapper for three different songs for a feature. Tell me who you're picking and why. I'll start, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. 
I'm going with these people. First, I'm going to call Rick Ross. Because I need the ad lib. And I, and I need that. Um, then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to call Drake. Because you know what? On a future, Drake doesn't really go wrong. It doesn't. You know, when you think about all the future and Drake, because it's Drake first. Uh-huh. And it's, uh-huh. it's not too good where it'll be better than mine, but straight, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to call Kanye because his verse would be better than mine. I'm not going to call anybody who I know their verse would be better than mine. So the first verse I'm calling Shoe Chain. I got Rick Ross on one record. I got Drake on another record, and I got Drake on another. And I got a banger. So where y'all going with it? I'm, I'm going to do my show real quick. I would say... I'm going to do this real quick. I would say Kendrick Lamar, Wale, and Slick Rick. Ooh. And I'll bring him in the studio and have Slick Rick do a little... <laughs> on a beat. And we would just freestyle and record that. That's I feel like that would be the coolest thing and I could die happy. That's a hit, man. That's a hit. That's a hit album. Jordan That's quick. a hit record. <laughs> what about you, Jay? Where are you going? Um, who are you calling, Jay? <laughs> Dang. I'm calling French. And we gonna make it. We gonna make a pop that part two. Oh, <laughs> we're getting real. We getting real hood <laughs> ratchet. So I'm gonna call French up, and he gonna do the hook. Oh, and then I'm gonna call. Who I'm gonna call? I'm gonna call Jay Z. Okay. Like now, I'm saying I need you to chill. Like. Like, kind of like what you did for Lupe Fiasco on his first album. I'm going to need you to chill and just, you know, we're going to do a nice, cool track and it's going to be, it's going to be chilling. We're going to, and, and then, Work. and then, I'm going to call Jay Electronica and I'm going to have him rap some shit that's over everybody's head and <laughs> have y'all rap genius confused looking up Bible verses. Encyclopedias now. I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna have him put something on y'all. Pause. And, uh, and, I, and we gonna we gonna make something for for the for the intellectuals. Something something you gonna have to sit on for a few days. So I'll right. bring that up. We only got a we only got a minute left here, so I'm, I'm gonna make this real quick. I'm gonna call 3K because I know I got a banger. I can I can I can just fart on the track, and I know it's going to be for real. You know what I'm saying? I'm a, I'm gonna call Ad just because I feel like we have. Uh, I mean, I guess I would want to say that I, I share a, somewhat of a similar worldview to him. I think we make something that messes everybody up. You know what I'm saying? And then and then third, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna call GZ because y'all want to act like GZ ain't got the best ad in the game. But but just but just for like two seconds of that year, that's right. I got a hit. I got a hit. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to call Jeezy. Got 10 seconds left, so we got to get out of here. Molly, say your piece real quick. Hey, thank you again. This is episode two of The Collective, uh, where Barbershop Talk meets Internet Radio. This is Martin Sowery's wrapping up for week two, and uh, that's a wrap. Yeah.